Hello, and welcome to Brain Body Health. I am Dr. Jennifer Burns, your host for today, and we are going to be talking about PMS. PMS for women all over the world, it is a pain. You have a week or maybe two where you have irritability, mood swings, food cravings, low energy, gas and bloating, constipation, diarrhea, even some hair loss. You feel like you're just going crazy and you feel like it's all in your head. Well, actually, it is in your head and your gut and your liver and all that combined creates the perfect storm with PMS. So what happens during your menstrual cycle? It is every month, as we know, starting at age for most of us, 12 or 13 until menopause, which could be early 40s to early 50s or even mid 50s. And it happens every month. A cycle is supposed to be about every 28 days. For some women, it may be shorter. For some, it may be longer. Some, they may be irregular where it's like every three months, depending upon medical conditions and also medications, or for some, it may be shorter. Here again, due to either genetics, medical conditions, or medications. So what exactly happens? Why do we have this irritability? Why do some of us get like massive depression, massive anxiety, or a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of depression? Some of us get insomnia. Some of us just get really tired. Some of us have acne. And some of us have a little bit of hair loss during that time. Our hair and skin also change as well from this. So, and the skin gets oily or it gets more dry. And then we even have like either constipation or diarrhea during that time. So let's go ahead and dive in. So let's go ahead and first start off with the brain. The brain changes based upon where our hormone levels are at. For women, we have more estrogen and progesterone receptors. Men have more testosterone receptors. So with women during PMS time, with all the irritability and the mood swings and the food cravings that end up coming up, it's because your brain has literally changed. Dr. Daniel Amen of the Amen Clinics has has over 30,000 brain scans of women who have PMS, and it shows that the brain physically changes. I am an affiliate of the Amen Clinics, so that's why I feel that I could talk about this with you now about how important the brain is along with your hormones and the other body aspects that come along with it, those changes. So what happens with the brain during PMS? If your estrogen levels go are high, progesterone levels aren't high enough, then what we get is this influx of the brain changing. Our basal ganglia, which is supposed to give us a sense of calm, is supposed to set the anxiety level or help control anxiety level. It's very healthy to have some anxiety to help move us forward and to be able to motivate us. It's supposed to help with movement, and it also mediates pleasure. If that's off balance or it's overactive, 
And that's where tension can come in, anxiety, conflict avoidance, and predicting the worst. Fortunately, this can happen during PMS. Then if we have some brain fog that comes in with it, and that may came from the temporal lobe, where here we have either overproduction or underproduction. The temporal lobe normally is involved with memory, mood stability, temper control, listening, reading social cues, and rhythm. If that is off, we have forgetfulness or foggy brain, we have mood swings, irritability, and anger that can end up coming in from that because here again of the hormone imbalance that we have going on and also our rhythm may be off as well. And then we have a part of the brain called the cingulate gyrate, which is supposed to be our gear shifter with being able to flow through one idea to another or one task or another. And if that gets disrupted or overactive, then that's where worry gets stuck. We feel very rigid and we can't move from one to another and the anxiety levels go up or even the depression as well. The depression comes from what we call the limbic system, which is supposed to help control mood, motivation, and attitude. And if that's off, then that's where poor motivation comes in, poor attitude, sleep and appetite issues can come in, and also a lot of negativity and sometimes hopelessness when because our brain chemistry isn't balanced during this time. So what exactly happens then from there can produce down to the gut, which is where nausea can end up kicking in. Of course, low libido, uh, gas and bloating, constipation, diarrhea. And of course, because we are trying to uh, meditate or medicate ourselves because our brain is out of control. This is a lot of times where we get carb cravings and sugar cravings because what we're trying to do is raise our serotonin levels up in order to bring down the activity of the brain. And our progesterone is supposed to help with sugar balance along with your insulin and thyroid function. So if nothing of that's working, along with detoxification of the liver, and that can also create irritability as well. In Chinese medicine, the liver controls our irritability. And if you're having sluggish liver or it's detoxifying slowly, that's where the irritability can come up from that as well. So we have a lot of different aspects to how PMS can work or affect women. So how exactly does this happen and to be able to overcome it? It's not normal to have cramps and to have the mood swings. For some reason, for generations, we're thinking, oh, this is normal. This is what happens with every woman. You know, it's like the irritability comes up. You know, it's like the insomnia, the cramps, the nausea, back pain. Actually, that's your body trying to tell you that something isn't normal. What's supposed to be normal is to have regular blood flow or it's not heavy. You're not having blood clots. Mood swings really aren't supposed to be there and neither are the cravings. So why is it then that the cramping and the mood swings have become more of the norm? 
is because we haven't been told that that isn't normal. So we know that the body's out of balance when we have the irritability and mood swings and definitely the brain changes. I do spec brain scans that can show this. Uh, if we're working on something else, a lot of times if you're on your menstrual cycle, because the brain does change, uh, a lot of times I will not have patients go through the spec brain scan if they're on their menstrual cycle. But that's for a different time and topic for that one. Right now, let's, uh, we're working with PMS. So what are some ways that we can treat PMS? Well, one is, is it could be liver detoxification. If you're having sluggish liver, herbs like milk thistle, dandelion, and burdock can help with that detoxification. There are also over-the-counter teas that have multiple stuff um, herbs in them that can help with detoxification and you basically need to take that every day. We should all be detoxifying our liver just because of how polluted our water system is and also our air. Um, so a lot of times our liver needs help a bit for that detoxification process. If your estrogens are building high, which can end up bringing on the cramping and the back pain and some nausea, there are like definitely doing the detox can help because the liver is supposed to utilize those estrogens. But if it's sluggish and being able to even detoxify or utilize the estrogens, then those estrogens will build up in the body and the body's not getting rid of them. So a few supplements that may help with that is chrysin at about somewhere between 20 to 80 milligrams a day. Uh, there's calcium deglucurate, which is also a detoxifier, but pulls estrogens with it can supplement wise for dosage is somewhere between 500 to 1500 milligrams a day. You do need to watch it because you can get diarrhea from the calcium deglucurate. Um, milk thistle is nice, soft detoxifier. It won't cause any sort of irritability or diarrhea or constipation for you. So I really like using that one. And even a lot of the detox teas are nice and gentle, so you won't have this upheaval of irritability because the detoxification phase one can't keep up with phase two. So another way to be able to help with this, of course, is getting blood work done. Your blood work will be able to show where the imbalances are and your doctor can help with that, either through bioidentical hormone replacement or even through some herbs that may be able to help or essential oils. Some of the herbs that we may use are chase tree, which is a phytoprogesterone. We also have black cohosh and blue cohosh, which are phytoestrogens. Um, and then we also have adrenals stuff that can help as well, like holy basil for um, the aspect of the, you know, just being able to help balance out and block some of those receptors for the increased estrogens that may occur. If you're overproducing progesterone that may be converting into test into estrogen and also testosterone that which can give the acne and also some hair loss and also some anxiety and some of the irritability that can take place. There are other things that can be done as well. So where we do bioidentical hormone replacement based upon what's going on with the blood work or salivary or urine test that ends up coming in. A lot of times the 
Blood work is covered by insurance. The salivary possibly could be covered by insurance, but salivary and urine are usually cash pay for that. And you say, okay, well, which one is more reliable? Well, all of them are reliable, but also all of them give us different results. I don't necessarily get thyroid results from a salivary test, where a urine test can see more of like what your liver's producing, what your adrenals are producing, and if your body's converting stuff over. And so that gives a little bit more information, but the urine tests are can be more expensive cash pay-wise to say doing salivary, where if you're doing cash pay for hormone, it could run around like $300 or so. Um, if you're, if you don't have insurance or if insurance doesn't cover it or again, it also depends on the lab. So if you do blood work with say like a big corporation, sometimes they'll charge you between 1200 to $2,000 for blood work. But for women, we usually like to do the blood work on day 21 because that's when everything's the highest your hormones are between your estrogen and your progesterone and your testosterone. There's also fluctuations between morning and afternoon, um, but uh, normally it's pretty steady around like day 21. Then you don't have to fast for your blood work, um, but we just, you know, like, and then it usually takes about a week for us to get the blood results back because we're not looking at cholesterol and all that stuff. We're just looking to see, you know, where your hormone levels are at. Um, and then we can do bioidentical hormones from there. We usually call compounding pharmacies for that. But regular pharmacies may have um, bioidentical patches or even um, capsule form for the progesterone, you know, because we try to also make it cost effective for people as well. So what are so once we're able to balance that out, the progesterone is supposed to help uh, women feel safe and calm, is supposed to help with sleep at night. And if that's not producing at a level or if it's converting, then sometimes that's where the anxiety can come in from because most of the estrogen is taking up those receptors and there isn't enough for the progesterone to be utilized. And then that's where the anxiety and tension and conflict avoidance and foggy brain and you know feeling stuck can end up coming in. Of course, on top of that, you also get the water retention that can happen as well. So it's just like those doggone estrogens, right? But we need the estrogens. The estrogens are there for women. That's what you know helps make us women, anatomically speaking, biologically wise, and our receptors are on there. So those are some of the things that can happen with this. So also we can use um, supplements such as GABA and theanine, rhodiola to help with brain function during that time. We can increase progesterones in capsule form to help calm the brain down. We can use oxytocin uh, from a compounding pharmacy to help out as well, because there may be some oxytocin resistance. Is that supposed to also help calm the brain down as well? Or we may have to use pharmaceuticals, like depending upon what area of the brain we're having to work with first, you know, we have anti-anxiety, antidepressant medications that can be used uh, to help balance stuff out like Zoloft, Lamictal, um, Wellbutrin, Boostbar, you know, are ones that we go to first before benzodiazepines because the benzodiazepines 
definitely we have on scans can change the brain. So if you have any, and so to conclude, the brain definitely changes with PMS. It could be an underlying liver sluggishness or an imbalance of hormones that are going on. So I suggest you know, seeing your doctor, getting the proper blood work done, um, and so that way you can get the balance in and then possibly also getting brain scans. Or I, you can visit me in Phoenix, Arizona, and we can set everything up and um, go through brain scans and hormone testing, find out how we can help uh, with the irritability, depression, anxiety um, that can come from uh, your PMS if it is too debilitating for you. So I would like to thank everyone for coming today and please go ahead and you can email us at burnswellnesscenter at gmail.com if you have any questions and we look forward to talking with you next week.